Hey guys. It didn't take six months for us to come back. No, just like six weeks. Not even. It was like two. Can we get some credit? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of us. So it's it's been a it's been a couple days. I know, like the <laughs> whole week. I don't even I don't even know. Uh, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So yesterday um I've mentioned a couple of times of the culty things and leaving the culty things. And um I don't necessarily have a problem with like religion as a whole. Right. Like all by itself. But I have a problem with religion that encourages toxic behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, like, family is, is just number one, like, nothing should ever, no one should ever present you with a choice of, of picking your family over anything, really. Right. And it's hard, it's hard when your family has become toxic. So what happened is, uh, I left the cult and my grandmother stayed in and, in the Jehovah's Witness religion, if you leave, you are shunned. Whether you leave, and it's called, um, uh, like, you can become inactive, which means that you're not going to meetings. My chair is really squeaky. <laughs> you're not going to meetings or you're not going out in service. And that's what inactive is. You can disassociate, which means you write a letter telling them that you no longer want to be known as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And, uh, for a while, um, like back in the day, the direction wasn't as harsh from the governing, the governing part of the JW. Um, but now it's gotten a lot harsher. Like one of my uncles had disassociated and for, for a while, my nan, um, kept up a relationship with him because he wasn't disfellowshipped. He was just disassociated. Right. But now the guy, the guidance quote unquote from the governing body of Jehovah's witnesses is that it's the same thing. Like you treat them the same way. You don't have, he any wasn't contact. grandfathered in. What? <laughs> just kidding. I don't get it. <laughs> That's fine. okay. Other people will. <laughs> <All day. laughs> um, you uh, only have necessary, uh, like family involvement, necessary family contact, and outside of that, you don't you don't have any contact with them. So I am disfellowshipped uh, because I tried to just leave, like I just tried to just be done. Because and... you're a rebel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, like it's a rat race. Right. It doesn't end. It there's. There's no amount that you do for this religion that is ever enough. I was married and my ex-husband was having some serious mental um, mental health issues. So I was supporting a household. I was working. And on top of that, I was trying to take care of all of my spiritual duties. And going to uh, two meetings a week, Sunday and Thursday... And I can't even go to church on Sundays. Going I mean, out in <laughs> going out in service, which is door to door, 
Oh yeah, I was one of those. Can I share a thought from you from the Bible? Did I ever? Me? Did I ever tell you? Remind me to tell you the story about my Jehovah Witness lady. I had returned to my house like six times. Oh my God! Okay. I invited her. Yes. You're one. Of, you're you're one of those people that got yep. got their hopes up. Yep. And they were like, "Well, I just keep taking them the magazines, and then maybe Jehovah will touch their <laughs> heart." And I'm like. More like you've touched their funny bone and they think this shit is hilarious. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was just unending. Like, there was nothing that you could do that was ever enough. And if you didn't participate in the meetings enough because you were exhausted, oh, what's wrong? Are you, are you feeling spiritually tired? Like, do we need to come and study with you? Like, no, bitch, I'm in a one-house income, <laughs> you know? Fuck One-income household. Exhausted. So I tried to leave. But they don't just let you leave because then that looks badly on them. They, they have to have a reason to kick you out. Right. So they kicked me out for adultery because even though I was divorced and not with my husband, my ex-husband, and Louie and I were together, um, our, our marriage had not ended in God's eyes. So I was just fellowshiped for adultery. Right, so that was three years ago, and the... Oh my god, I gotta let this dog out or he's gonna cry the whole time. Okay, so I I got disfellowshipped, and it took that long for me to get over the brainwashing and everything. Right. And I was super close to my grandmother. So getting back to yesterday, I talked to you about this already, but... I wanted to try and rebuild a relationship with her outside of the cult. Um, And Gideon has set an amazing example with his family and everything that he's tried to do. So I went and I brought her coffee and we chatted for a little bit. And then um, it came around to like her spending more time with me or like us getting together. Right, because not only would that be beneficial for you, but for Anna as yeah. well. Yeah, she has a great granddaughter who's getting ready to turn eight this month. Right. That she hasn't seen in three years. Not very many people even live long enough to have great grandchildren. Right. And so. that's the kind of shit that she's missing out on. And she was a huge part of my life growing up. Like, like I gave you a massage a couple nights ago mm-hmm. on the massage table. She went to massage therapy school got her certification and that's one of the ways that she supported our household when I was a kid that massage table is the one that she got from her school Mm -hmm. like 25 fucking years ago right huge part of my life so anyway conversation comes around to I'm like well I I'm not gonna waste time I'm not gonna waste any time I don't want to not see you and be a chicken shit and just not be able to put my big girl pants on and, and build a relationship with you and then I wait, and then the next time I see you, you're going to be this tiny, frail little lady. Like, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. That's that's fucked up. Right. Or better yet, when you get to the point where you need help. I didn't tell her this yesterday, but I have told her this before. When it gets to the point where she needs help because she can't live on her own anymore, mm-hmm. where the fuck does she think she's going to live? She shunned her kids for, like, 40 years. She and my mom aren't close. Yeah. She's going to come, and none of my siblings, like only one of my siblings, has 
a regular job and will at that time most likely have right. a stable location for her to be at. Like, where does she think she's going to go? Yeah. It's going to be fucking me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one wiping her ass. Right. Which I'm cool with because that's <laughs> what family does. Like, But why does it have to come to that? Right. Why do we have to waste so much time? Right. So I said I wasn't and I would come and visit her at work every week. Can't go to her house because there's a sister living there. I don't know if I told you that part. Mm-hmm. But there's a sister living there and I'm just fellowship. So I can't be around the civilized people. Mm-hmm. Um... And she told me not to come back. Yeah. She told me not to come and see her. That she wasn't going to be open to building a relationship with me. And this person that raised me was Dunzo. Right. Like, my mom was going through a really rough time for for quite a bit of time when we were little. And so my nan lived with us and like, we just, we just all lived together. Like my whole childhood. Right. She taught me how to sew on a button. <laughs> like exactly. shit like that. And she's like, nope. I had the don't same relationship with my grandma and I cannot even imagine. Cause she's just my, she was my best friend. Like any problem I had, I, I would go to her, and would I always take her advice? No, but I would learn the hard way, and she'd love me through it. You right. know what I mean? Right. So, like, I can't even imagine what 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 that's like, you know, to view someone in your mind as one way and then just have them completely reject you. I viewed her, like, even though we hadn't been anywhere near as close the last few years, um... I thought that she would always be in my life. I right. thought that it would always be a case of like, I don't know, basically that I had to stop being a chicken shit. And if I was, if I wasn't a chicken shit anymore and the, the fear of rejection wasn't an issue and I would just reach out to her, then it would be fine. Right. So like you just had to make the the first step and maybe she would meet you in the middle. Right. So she told me, no, don't come back and see me. And, uh, on one hand, I, I heard that ringing in your ears, you know, like, you know, movies when there's an explosion or something Mm -hmm. like that, or, or an emotional bomb drops, there's that ringing that I felt that right in my toes. And on the other hand, I felt not relief. Relief isn't the right word. Almost like a chapter finally ended. Kind of, yeah. Like that you were like you had a like, cliffhanger and oh, no one was is, giving you yeah. an ending. Yeah, like oh, this is where we're at. Exactly. Okay. So I just told her, okay, I understand because to be honest, I would have rather her tell me that than I go for for a few weeks or a few right. months and I'm visiting her and then one of the elders gets a hold of her if she had gotten I hate to say it this way, but if she had gotten caught hanging out with me when she didn't have to, she could get disfellowshipped. Uh, and then her whole support system would be ripped away. All of her friends would be ripped away. Right. So I would rather she tell me that now than I invest this even more emotionally and even more time. Um, and I, I just said, okay, if you change your mind tomorrow, next week, next year, next decade, I don't care. You have my phone number. Promise me 
you will call me. I will not be mad at you. I will not hold it against you. Right. Because I get it. I li- I lived the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And it feels like trying to figure out how to climb over Mount Everest. Like, it's just so insurmountable. These laws and these rules are so finite in your mind. There's no way around it. So I remember that feeling. Yeah. I mean... And waking up is just as scary. Like, waking up out of the brainwashing is just as scary. You're in no man's land. Like, you're not part of normal people, and you're not part of the cult anymore. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. okay." Well, I'm not part of the normal people anyway, so it's totally (laughs) fine. It's totally fine. So, you know, I think... um, I mean, I don't think I've ever had anybody in my life that, like, I really wanted a relationship with that rejected me. But my my thing was, is I wanted a relationship with people that were not even good enough to be in my life. And they would reject me. And I would just, how would I live without this, this person? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's a totally different scenario, but... But it's still trying to figure out how to protect your self-worth. Right. I think that that's, like, yes, she's family. Yes, I love her. I want nothing but the best for her. hmm But I'm not willing either, A, to go back to that mental prison just to have her back in my life, and B, if she really doesn't want me in her life, I'm not going to like disobey or go against what she's asking right um just to almost feel like a fool right you know what I mean right and I don't want that around Anna either and like above and beyond like all of the cult stuff my family has a lot of mental illness right like she's fucked up apparently mine does too (laughs) (laughs) she's fucked up like I was listening to her talk yesterday and a part of me was like why am I fighting so hard to have this crazy-ass person in my life? (laughs) My crazy person uh, limit (laughs) cannot be exceeded for anybody. I forgot, because it's been three years since I've had a real long conversation, because the only time she got in touch with me was over money. Right. Yeah, I I remember that. Yeah. I forgot how she talked, and... I'm listening to her. It went from, hey, do you want to come over to my house to write some letters, you know, you to your church, because they're not going door to door right now because the world ended. Right. And me to the uh, nursing homes in our area. Right. You know, like, letters are a thing you can do together. Absolutely. So it went from that, like, something fairly positive and neutral. I felt like that was neutral. Yeah, and... With writing letters and stuff, like, you don't even really have to talk. Exactly. <laughs> you just breathe the same oxygen. Exactly. So, it went from that to this really, woe is me, I heard the violin in the background, <laughs> everyone is out to get her, your mother doesn't have any use for me, and you showed me exactly where I stand, and I'm oh, like, fuck. uh... Uh, you mean when my when my life was imploding, and I left a cult <laughs> and an abusive marriage? I'm so sorry that you took that so personally. <laughs> I, 
I don't know how I could have clearly explained to you. Uh, look, it's not you. Thank <laughs> you. Right. So that whole transition yeah, had me questioning my visit. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> maybe I'll wait. Maybe you'll forget all of this. I hate to wish, like, can I come back in early onset dementia? Exactly. <laughs> What's behind door number three? <laughs> is this an option? Early oh onset God. dementia is nothing to joke about. I really But there are certainly a lot of people that I wish I could not meet them until then. Because. Because I'd really like to hear the question, who are you again? <laughs> well, Queen Mary. Exactly. I'm Queen Mary. <laughs> or depending on the day, my name is SpongeBob. How do you do? I'm a pagan. We're going to do some witchcraft today. <laughs> no big deal. Have some tea. Play some cards. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that was my day yesterday. Mm-hmm. How, how was your day today? Was your, was, your, was your physician really? Sorry, my chair's like really squeaking. And she's a fidgeter. I am a fidgeter. Let me smoke a cigarette. Maybe I'll be less fidgety. You, you won't. But... Um, okay. Was your physician attractive? I didn't ask you this earlier. I mean, yes, he's adorable and he's really, really sweet. But um, I've had like a professional and adorable, now, like, like, like Gideon, adorable, like kind not, of, yeah, like not in the same sport, or like Jason Momoa with bunnies, adorable. No. Oh, okay. No bunnies were involved. Okay, so I don't know if I've ever talked about this. Have I talked about it? Your lumpy hump? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have. <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about the lump in my boob, but I have a lump in my boob. It's been a problem for like eight or nine months. And it's and, growing. And it's growing. And um, I've had two ultrasounds. No one can find anything. No one feels comfortable sticking a needle in it. So they're going to order my second mammogram because my first one they didn't want to do. It was... It was declined by insurance? No, no, no. It was declined by the doctor that looked at my ultrasound. He was like, I don't see why we would do a mammogram. And I I get it because I'm so young and he didn't see anything alarming. But, like, there's a, there's a reason that there's a... There's a lump that's growing. Exactly. And with how... How... Like, not, I don't know if common's the right word, but how widespread breast cancer has become, especially in the last few years. Like, you'd think he'd be like, all right, the lump. So I went to a surgeon today, a surgeon uh, consultation, and um, he felt and measured the lump and um, then gave me a couple options that he would order the mammogram again. And I told him what happened last time, that we ordered a mammogram, they gave me an ultrasound instead and chose not to do the mammogram Mm -hmm. in the end. So, um, he was like, well, if they accept the mammogram, then great. That'll give us a, a, a bit of a better picture. If they don't want to do the mammogram, he can do a cut biopsy. So he would just kind of go in there and he'd cut me open and like cut all of it out or just a piece. It depends on what it is. They can't cut a piece off because I think if you like puncture a lump or something and it's cancerous. That's how it's going to, like, metastasize. So I think they're going to try to take all of it out. Got it. And they'd send it to the lab. I don't know for sure. I'm not a surgeon. But, um, so we'll see what happens with that. Like, I'm not super concerned. I don't feel sick. But it's been persisting for right over six months now. So, um, that's right. what I've been dealing with. <laughs> that's 
you know, that's, you know, we li we live a we we have our shit together. <laughs> so I think we smoked a pack of cigarettes between the two of us today. We're quitting. Oh, get this! She thinks we're quitting. Uh, I went to Maverick in in the valley because she's a horrible influence. Because she asked me to pick up cigarettes on the way home. I was thinking one pack. Okay, well, they're getting remodeled, so they're shutting the store down. So everything was like 25% off. And there was only eight packs of our cigarettes left. And, like, everybody runs out of our cigarettes all the time. So I got eight packs for 40 bucks because they were 25% off. And, like, normally, when you buy two, it's like 15 bucks. So, boom. So maybe after those eight packs, well, seven now. After today. <laughs> so, one of the things that people tell you, like, oh, watch out for terrible twos, or three major threes, or... I've know, never heard three major three. No? Oh, shit. No. So true. So fucking true. And then... Uh, you know, do, make sure you have a conversation with your kids about good touch and bad touch and, and sharing hats because of lice and like all of these bits of information. Um, but when you were pregnant with Lila, did anybody ever mention how hard it would be to make the right decision for your kid? Like, even when it seems, like, to everybody else that it's a shitty decision. Not shitty, but, like, that you're an asshole for making it. Okay, so... No one ever talked to me about about anything, anything like that, really. Like, no one really prepares you for the real shit. Right. We're just left to our own devices. They just make jokes about securing diapers with duct tape and leave it at that. Right. But I think sometimes we have to make choices for our kids that our kids may be angry and not understand. Right. Or, or um, say, another parent might be angry. Another family member, another parent. Exactly. Yeah. Someone could be judging you for the decision that you make. But ultimately, like I heard this from you today, that is our job is to protect them and do what's best for them. I ask Anna that all the time. I'll ask her, Gerida, what is my job? And it's so common now. She's heard it so many times. She can tell me without prompting to take care of me. Right. That That's my job. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes it really fucking sucks. So the, the, the issue is Anna's dad is not doing well here. And he's thinking about moving. And that's a, that's a really hard thing. And communication is not always, um, is not always the easiest, especially between exes, especially oh, with it. something, especially <laughs> with something as, as hard to deal with or as hard to, um, handle as not seeing your, your kid as much as you want. Um, so he's thinking about moving out of state and like... 12 plus hours away. Right. He was hoping that we would be able to basically shuttle her back and forth. And he really wants to still see her. And he was thinking like three or four months at a time. And I'm like, that's, mm. that's not happening. That cannot happen. Even an adult, an adult wouldn't want to do that. Right. And so 
and and this isn't to throw this is not to throw him under the bus. He's a great dad. She loves him beyond imagination. Like more than you could ever fathom. Mm-hmm. She loves her dad. She does. Um so this is this is not a dog on him. This is just the fact of the matter. And our podcast is real things that moms talk about mm-hmm. after the kids go to bed. And the the reality of the situation is I am very, very much in the position of looking like the biggest asshole known to mankind because I said, I'm sorry, she can come and see you on her school breaks. She lives here. She needs stability and this is... This is the most stable option for her. And, you know, if in a year, if in two years, or when she gets older, like if he's doing well and things have settled down and... He's stable. Yes, dear. Okay, go ahead. You sure? She's making faces. I feel like I'm going to vomit, but it's normal for morning and nighttime. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And no, I am not pregnant. (laughs) If she is, it's mine. (laughs) Yeah, like that's how possible it would be. It's just, uh, I have to make that decision. And neither of them are going to like it that she has to stay here. Right. Because that's, and, and that's what I was getting at. Like my job is to take care of her. She needs stability. She needs to know what she can count on. And right now things are not like that for him. And it's not, it's not like a judgmental thing. It's not, oh, you're failing. Like life fucking happens, man. But when life happens and you have a more stable option for your kid, it's irresponsible not to take it. It would be irresponsible of me right. to just be like, no, it's fine. Right. Let's do, you know, every three or four months what could yeah. go wrong. It's fine. I mean, I have a similar situation, which I cannot talk about. But uh, I guess I'm more in the position of not worrying so much about being the bad guy and more like conquering fears and overcoming, you know, intimidation and self-doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go through that to make decisions that are best for your children as well. We all doubt ourselves as parents. And it's even, I'm not, I don't, I won't say worse than normal, but because I think that a lot of people either that listen to us or like just a lot of people that we know, you and I are in a very tough position as cycle breakers. Mm-hmm. We have <coughs> not only the normal responsibility of making good decisions for our kids, but also stopping the cycle of instability or stopping the cycle of abuse that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And it, the pressure's on. <laughs> like... Right. And that kind of doubt, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, what was the word that you used? Um, breaking out of, uh, like when you're scared of somebody, um, intimidation. I'm not intimidated. Right. Um, but self-doubt is a, self-doubt is a fucking thing. Well, I think the intimidation can come from anywhere, like friends, family, like, um, the expectations of your family on how you're raising your kid, you're, it's intimidating for your family, these important people to be judging you. And that could impact the choices that you make for your kid. You know, Mm -hmm. like I've seen that before where families are, are so judgmental. And then when that impacts your parenting, it 
it makes you go off of what other people want and what other people expect of you instead of what you take into consideration right. is best we for have your kid. A, we have a hippie friend Yes, that she's mentioned a couple of things that she's dealt with the, the judgment from her parents, mm-hmm. but her parents didn't set the best example. And I think she's a fucking awesome mom. Oh, yeah. Like... How she handles both of her kids, how she talks to them, mm-hmm. how she handles herself, her relationship with her spouse. Like, she's kicking ass. I think she is the most similar to us parenting-wise. I but think so. But she might be a little... I don't. I wouldn't say calmer, because we don't freak out on our kids. But I, think... I have seen her... Uh, especially her oldest, <laughs> her, cause I mean, her little still super little, her little, uh, is like one and a half, but her oldest has like, he, he makes Lila faces. Mm. The, if you don't know what a Lila face is, think of a snarl that wiggles. Like, like, <laughs> like you're re- like this face is telling you. That she's casting a blood-boiling spell, (laughs) and she's pissed that it's not acting fast enough. And I have to run around the corner, like, when she's... Because she doesn't really give the faces to me No, she gives them to me. But she gives them to Courtney, and, like, Courtney's over there, and she's giving a face to Courtney, and I I have to hide in the kitchen with Louie because (laughs) I'm rolling. It's... It's funny just to see her sweet little angel Uh, face make this. But anyway, our hippie friend, her oldest makes these faces sometimes. And I have seen the look cross her face. Like, do I lay the smack down on the child? (laughs) (laughs) Do I pile drive the child? (laughs) And instead she says something along along the lines of so-and-so, darling child fix your face. <laughs> like, something right. along those lines. And I feel like that's some, that's some shit we would say. Oh, yeah. I tell Lila that her face is going to get stuck like that. No, it's not. <laughs> I was like, well, it could. Oh, she is the sassiest, sweetest, emotional terrorist you'll ever meet. <laughs> She's funny. She's a lot of fun. Do you, uh, do you want to talk about Lila? About, about some of the things that we've dealt with? Okay, that's fine. It's fine. It's all of the normal things. The normal things that you guys probably deal with as parents. But from our perspective, like, when some of these things happen, I don't like that I feel in myself. Because I don't want to just, I don't want to punish. Like, punishment is not my game. I do not want to punish. I want to teach. Right. And when I'm in in a bad mental funk, I don't like that I feel myself slip into, like, punishment mode. Like, Did you hear that? Yeah, I don't know what that was. It might have been shine. It sounded like a really lo- loud fart, but I think it was the horses going... Maybe. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. No, that's... Squirrel! <laughs> Horse! Um, no, I just... When kids do stuff, I don't... Usually, I don't, I don't think that I react in, like, punishment mode. It's more, is this something that we really need to address? Is it really actually a big deal? If it can hurt them, if it's hurting somebody else, um, or if it's just not, like, appropriate society things, like taking your pants off in the grocery store line, um, <laughs> like, then I'll address it. But if it's, 
like slurping your cereal. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Or even I was sitting outside the other day and Lila is just the worst eater. Like we have, it's just an argument every time we have to eat, but we're finding that a timer works. Oh my God. Um, She's the only person that I know that can turn a quarter cup, like the legit measuring <laughs> cup of spaghetti. And make it last like an into hour. Into an hour long yes. expedition and oh. still not finish oh. it. Do I have to eat it all? I've oh. never seen anything like it. But Lila's in there like screaming and I'm sitting out here like, oh hell no. Why is she acting like this? Because some of her behavior is out of the norm right now, but... She's, like, screaming in there, and Courtney's like, whatever you need to get out, babe, just get it out. And I was like, God, I love her. <laughs> well, she just, I remember reading something somewhere that this human has only been here for four years. Right. And I've been here for 27 years, and there are still emotions that I don't know how to handle. So Bridget. it it's logical to conclude that there would be a lot of emotions that she doesn't know how to handle. And I, I still find myself, like when I walked out of my Nan's work yesterday, I felt the urge to scream. I felt it building up in my chest. So if I feel that as an adult, right? how can I expect her not to? Right, and she might feel that way over something small. To us. To us, but it's big to her because she doesn't know adult. Right. So that was my response. It was just, all right, yeah, if you feel like that's what you need to do, let's do it. She's not hurting me. She's not hurting herself. She's not hurting property. Like, the, like just screaming into the air is, is completely acceptable in this situation. And then I walked back in, and Lila's off, hi, Mama. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what well, the fuck happened well, What here? you had missed. Some abracadabra. What you had missed was we went back to her room because we take a break and we go sit on her bed. and Until she's calm enough to talk. Yeah. And uh, so one of the things that I've started doing when we go take that break is in the beginning, she would throw shit at me. She would throw her stuffed animals at me. She would throw a book at me. And I started telling her, all right, pumpkin, whatever you throw at me is now mine. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not going to treat it appropriately and treat me appropriately, then it can go live in my room and I'll be nice to that stuffed animal. Right. So, so she walks in the room. Well, she doesn't walk in the room. I think I carried her at this point. I carried her into the room and I put her on her bed and she threw this unicorn at me. And I said, okay, he's mine. And she starts stashing the rest of her stuffed animals at the foot of her bed. And she's like, you're not going to get any more of these stuffies. <laughs> and I said, well, do you plan on throwing them at me? No. No. <laughs> well, then no, I, I won't be taking them. I have no interest in any of your stuffed animals, my friend. But it, does it make you feel better that they're down there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. This is Whatever. the emotional terrorist in Lila. Five minutes, she's throwing things and, like, being harsh with her responses. And then I come in, she's all, hey, mama. Right. She's got her little unicorn next to her. Well, and we talked about it. You know, like, we after she's done losing her shit and takes her, that's her, that's, that's the rule. Like, you take your big breaths. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're 
blowing away clouds. I don't care dragon if breaths. you're a dragon breath. I don't care what it is, but we're going to take some big breaths. And when you're ready to talk and we're ready to deal with the situation, then we'll talk about it. And it's go- coming back to what I was talking about. Like I feel myself slipping into punishment mode, mm-hmm. which I loathe is I feel myself thinking badly about giving her that time to breathe and giving her that time to handle her emotions. Right. It's more of like I'm taking her behavior personally and like why is she being such a little asshat and (laughs) why is she throwing things at me? And like, like basically she just needs to be punished. And I hate that. I hate that because that's not real. Right. That is not real. If we're in a situation where we get worked up, we go take a minute. Absolutely. But, you know, you may think those things, but I don't think I've seen you act on them very often. If, But if they're in my head, they're in my body language. If they're in my body language, I'm making her feel that way. Right. And after a couple situations had happened... We sat down together and read about tantrums and, you know, yeah. how to handle them and all of that. And because we want to understand, you know, like we get that you're feeling super frustrated and you don't know exactly how to put into words how you're feeling. Right. And I think the number one thing that I try to teach her is... um you can be like in a bad mood and we both we both say similar things to her about this is you can we be can in a bad grouchy. mood absolutely be be grouchy be sad be mad whatever but you can't take those emotions out on other people oh yeah i tell her we can't treat other people badly because we feel grouchy yeah like be yeah exactly and that's what i want to do for her like i don't want to treat her badly because what she's doing is irritating me when really she's just four right (laughs) when she's just trying to figure out how to be a human exactly so the last part that I wanted to talk about this because Gideon asked me a a really interesting question that I never thought of that I think is important for this in case somebody else is dealing with these feelings um after yesterday when I I didn't, I didn't hurt Lila, I didn't spank Lila, like, it wasn't anything like that. I just know that my attitude was not where it should have been. Um, she ended up taking a nap, which I think was part of the problem, why things escalated. Yeah, she was tired. She, was, she felt rough. So she gets up, and I had gone to Bullhead with Louie, and I came back, and I, I asked if I could talk to her, so she comes over, and I asked her if I hurt her feelings, or no, I'm sorry, I said... I feel like earlier I made you feel like I wasn't listening to you. Right. Did I make you feel like that? And she said, yes, but it's okay. I love you, Courtney. And I said, okay, babe, I I appreciate that. But did I hurt your feelings? Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay, Courtney. I love you. All right, peanut. (laughs) Stand up. So she's standing in front of me, her little blonde curls and her little cheeks on my face. Now, you tell me you hurt my feelings, Courtney, because as adults, how hard is that to tell somebody, like, you legit hurt my feelings? Right. Especially somebody 
in who's in what we perceive as a higher position than us. Right. Like a parent or maybe right. a spouse or a family member or a friend. Like if we perceive them as greater than us, how much harder is it to say that? Yeah, absolutely. So she told me that and I told Gideon about that and he asked if that was hard for me like if I had to deal with any pride or anything like that to either apologize to her or have her say that to me and then apologize to her. And I was like, pride doesn't exist with my kids. No. And I, I read that really early on having Lila is to say you're sorry to your kids if you were truly wrong. Mm-hmm. And I've always done that with Lila because there's been times where I've handled situations just like you did. And I was irritated at her instead of sitting down and trying to communicate with her. And I probably made her feel the same way because I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted her to stop throwing a fit. Right. Right. So, and that's, that's punishment. That's punishment right. for her emotions. Yeah. So. And I told, I told Gideon the reason that I want to make that a habit and make that such a big part of how we raise both of the girls Like, I don't have any pride when it comes to admitting that I'm wrong, when it comes to admitting that I don't know something, when it comes to admitting that they're better at something than me, Mm -hmm. or whatever the case. I don't want to have any pride in that, because when the problems and issues that we're dealing with with our babies are bigger than scraped knees and sharing toys, and it turns into, I messed up, and I went home with a boy... I need your help. Right. I messed up and we drove drunk. Like, like whatever these grown-up problems become, I don't want pride to even be a factor. I want them right. to know my mom's going to my mom's going to come. She's going to love me. We're going to fix this and she's not going to hold it over my head in 5 years. Right. Like we make mistakes. Like she might be angry, but I know she's going to hear me out. Right. And Also, I think it also teaches the girls because Lila just wanted to say, you know, oh, it's fine. I want them to be able to say, you made me sad or I was not not okay. Right, right. So for her to be able to say, like, you hurt my feelings and you apologize, I think not only teaches us something, but them something as well. I hope so. I hope that those are things that stick. I, I being don't, a parent is terrifying. Sorry, my sorry about my chair. Because <laughs> Gideon, okay. Gideon mentioned mentioned a couple of experiences growing up mm-hmm. that have still stuck with him to this day. Right. Like one when he was eight, and one when he was twelve, and one when he was fourteen. Like all of these things that pinpointed. Right. How he, either how well he communicated with his parents, or how if he didn't. And it still affects him to this day. And shit like that, woo, that's scary. Right. Thinking about Anna sitting with her friend 20 years from now going, I felt like I could never talk to my mom because this happened. Right. Right. As parents, you're just terrified of of failure. Like, um, we don't don't use, like, spanking. Uh Uh-uh. Or any physical punishment. No. Which was a big... That's a big choice to make. Like, in a world where we grew up with spanking. Yeah. Um, We do more, like, timeouts and things like that. And trying to talk to them. And 
um, it's, it's scary to know if you're saying the right things, if right. you're teaching them the right things or like if they're frustrated and, and you go in there to talk to them, like, are they going to feel better? Are they going to understand more after we have our conversation? And I feel like we try not to make it like a lecture when I, when I'm talking to either Anna or Lila, um, I would say, especially in the last year, I've tried to change my perspective and how I think about it as if I was upset or embarrassed because of something that I did that wasn't the correct thing to do, how would I want someone to approach me? Right. And I, I feel like that's what we try to do. Mm -hmm. But there's still all these questions and I think... I, I don't know if we'll ever know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, if you guys if you guys have dealt with any of the things that we've talked about, anything similar, um, religion, making tough decisions, uh, discipline. Like self-doubt in parenting. Yeah. <laughs> any of those things. Like, reach out to us. Definitely. Because we go through, we, we like go to through chat. our things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We talk. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, Why do we both do that I at the same time? I don't fucking know. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think that this is a good place to stop. And, and don't forget, we are all just a hot fucking mess.